Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. It is Friday, November the 27th. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, good to have you with us here on this Friday as we get ready for what appears to be a full weekend of SEC football. Uh, as of this moment, which is 9.01 a.m. on Friday, I've learned, Chris, we've we've joked about this. If there's nothing else I've learned in 2020, it's to always timestamp everything. As of, uh, as of this moment, all the games appear to be on. In fact, there appears to be some real progress towards uh, rescheduling games, a little bit of a cl- some clarity uh, coming out in regards to uh, getting all of the games in. I talked to someone, I guess it was Wednesday, who said, uh, right now the league is, is uh, cautiously optimistic that it's going to get in its full allotment of games by the end of the day on December the 19th. So with that said, Chris, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're well. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, folks. And uh, it is a uh, Black Friday. Um, I don't know if you're like me. I I make sure that I don't need to get out of the house because I don't want to be anywhere near the roads. I don't know if Black Friday is going to be the same this year. I don't know if many people are going to hit the malls or whatever it is that they do. I wouldn't know because I don't hit it when it's when it's in a normal year. So uh, which <laughs> hey, I was but I was thinking about it, though, Neil, quick. Let me get this in. I just Reminded, what a great opportunity, though, Black Friday. What a great gift for the football fan in your life. You get get the holiday special over at Rebel Grove. It's true. Great for the SEC fans, the Ole Miss fans. It's a great opportunity there. And if you um, check us out at LandryFootball.com, get the breakdowns of the college and program. It's, it's a great gift idea. You don't need to leave the house, Neil. But, no, it was uh, – we were talking before we went on the air. I was just a little down last night without, and I did watch because it came on a little earlier, the Utah State, New Mexico, but we did not have the NFL game. We didn't have Ravens and Steelers. By the way, it looks like the Ravens, I mean, I don't know if that game's going to go off on Saturday, not to digress. Lamar Jackson is now out. Dobbins and Ingram are out. Uh, they've got eight or nine guys out, all because a assistant strength coach did not report symptoms and it just spread. So anyway, not to get off on that, but we didn't have the game. I missed the egg ball last night. I missed it. Okay. Um, I think we just, you know, so, but the good news is we got through it and it is a pretty hefty day. We're leading into Iowa state, Texas and yeah. Notre Dame, North Carolina, yeah. Oregon, Oregon state, by the way, if you were busy yesterday and I know you were, you may have missed it out there. Colorado USC canceled. So that's that's not good for the Pac-12 USC. Not that they were great threats, but to their season to lose a game, uh, difficult. But as you mentioned, some good news in that if we can get, and I don't root for anybody, and I, I just I you know I I just involved in the game. You learn to kind of like people and know people, but I don't root for anybody. But I am rooting for getting some things settled this weekend in the SEC and, you know, getting to find out the next two weeks. And Neil, I don't know about you. I've never felt this way. I want this season to get over. And what I mean by that is I want to get through it. I'm tired of dealing with, I don't know who's going to play. I don't know when they're going to play. I don't know if they're going to play. I just want to get to the finish line in hopes that, you know, 
by the summer, middle of next year, that we are past this to the point where we can have a normal football season. Well, uh, you know, in a normal life, I, I don't mean that that's important yeah, sure. in the grand scheme of things. I will tell you this: I, I have a couple of friends um, in medicine. One is in Colorado, one's in New York, and they've both told me the same thing here in the last several days because they know that I. I don't know if panicky is the right word. I get a little I get a little antsy about it. In large part because my middle child Caroline's going to college in August and I would love for I would love for her to have a a normal freshman year cuz you hear horror stories all over the country about kids who are college freshmen this year who basically got jailed in their dorm room, can't go anywhere, can't can't leave. There's no in-person instruction. They don't get to meet anybody. You get fined if you go four doors down in your in your dorm. You can't go to a different floor. All of that stuff. You know the stuff that you you go to college and you know you you want to go meet you want to meet people and socialize and meet people from different places. That's part of the point, right? And so you know I, I'm hoping for that. Well, anyway, uh, I was I was told by a couple of different people that there's a real confidence in the medical community that. Uh, the first round of vaccines, which is going to go to first responders and people in on the front lines medically, that those are coming mid-December. And wow. there's a there's a belief uh, that a uh, a large portion of the population, whatever that means, as as late as April, are going to be uh, getting vac- vaccines, which. Um, at this point, no matter what you think, whether you're doesn't matter how, how you view it. The truth is, whether we like it or not, and we could have this conversation for hours, but we're not going to do it here. Uh, you're probably going to have to get vaccinated to do a lot of the things that uh, we're used to doing, boarding an airplane, uh, maybe even checking into a hotel. You're going to have to have proof of vaccination. I think it's going to be like we're Labrador retrievers, but uh, that, that's 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 coming. So. Um, anyway, but I think um, I do think that's happening. To answer your question about Black Friday, is it still on? Uh, uh, my 19-year-old daughter was up this morning. I think it. <laughs> think She's it, one of those wait. <laughs> oh yeah, I think at 3:30 in the morning there was movement upstairs, and uh, she was out and about at the stores. Some of the stores here opened at five or six. I think opened at six, but you needed to be in line by five to 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 take advantage of, of this. Special- now, is she done this before? You know, okay. So I'm curious to see if she notices any drop off this year. I mean, you know, when you, when she comes back and say, is it the same as like last year or is it less because of the, you know, some people are just the pandemic or whatever. They've texted their mom, letting her know about all the loot that they've gotten. So uh, <laughs> the, 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 the texts were going off six twenty in the morning with, I got this and this and this, and I was like, "Whoa, what, what?" what? <laughs> it's six o'clock. You're trying to get over the the tryptophan still still yeah. kicking in from yesterday. And oh, it, last night, you're right because I've covered Ole Miss all these years, and 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 Ole Miss Mississippi State has be, become a Thanksgiving game. And it was odd yesterday. Um, we did Thanksgiving early at my parents' house, and then we came back over here. And I'm so used to kind of mid afternoon getting geared up to cover the game and there was no game to cover. And, and then the NFL game that we, you know, we're going to watch that, that didn't happen. And so um, it was a weird, we ended up, we built a, we have an outdoor fireplace. We built a fire uh, outside and we sat out there and watched field of dreams and (laughs) part of the natural, which was on MLB network. And then we watched uh, beat Bobby flay. And it was just kind of a, kind of a, kind of a weird Thanksgiving because you're used to, uh, like you said, you're used to when the trip to fan kicks in, you turn the football on, and and uh, that that wasn't the case yesterday. Yeah, you know, and and I want to get to the games and all that. I, I don't want to get off on the tangent, but I did mention this on on a couple of my other shows this past week, and I don't know how you feel about. I imagine most people agree with this. There's no downside, but it's one of the things. I always go back to the lack of leadership in college, lack of organization and leadership in college football. Is this is where this is another one of the areas where you think. They could get it right. Look, I I, I kind of understand that everybody kind of stays in their lane. In in this, in essence, like you know, college football said, all right, all right, NFL. You know, you've got 
Thanksgiving Day, but Friday is college football day. But it wasn't always that way. I, I grew up where, you know, for a number of years that you couldn't have you know, having t- Thanksgiving without Texas, Texas A&M was is like not having turkey. It just doesn't. Well, they don't even play anymore. And I remember one of the greatest games, or I thought it was one of the first great games I ever saw, was Oklahoma, Nebraska, thirty-five, thirty-one. Johnny Rogers, Norman, Oklahoma. That was on Thanksgiving Day, and um, I always felt like, and I think yesterday, just and I know this year's a different year, scheduling wise. I'm not saying this year, but in general. I think, and I've I've applauded Ole Miss and Mississippi State for making the Egg Bowl a thing. Now, you know, I mean, it's like nationally, it's a thing. It's like people, I mean, people didn't know. I didn't know there was an Egg Bowl. People get to see it. And I know they've had some weird things that have happened. But what a great opportunity for college football to say, you know what, we'll, we'll have a game like we do on Fridays, Thanksgiving Friday, we'll spread it out and we may put some games to give it center stage. It's usually rivalry weekend. So why not have, you know, a, a couple of games that I'm in the central time zone, 11 a.m. time slot, the 2.30 time slot, the 6 o'clock time slot. And for goodness sakes, I don't think people, you know, uh, the, the West Coast version of Ole Miss Mississippi State, is a rivalry no one would ever think of. The hate, I'm telling you, is so bad. Arizona, Arizona State, for example. Put that game on Thanksgiving late at night. I think that you could really, you know, take advantage of because no one is going to look at Arizona, Arizona, not not no one, but most people are not going to look at that. Won't be a national game on a Saturday, but it would be. And I think in a normal year, you would have had that. But this year, obviously, this was about, consistency with testing you know they they were committed to this at the very beginning that hey we are going to test and test and test and we are going to test consistently and all of those things and so i think that's the reason you don't have a thursday game or a friday game like you know fridays in the sec the last few years as much as it's not a big game because neither team's been all that good but it's been arkansas missouri or at one point it was arkansas lsu it was for years and years and the game for a lot of times meant a lot in fact, it meant the West for a few years, I know, when Saban was there. Yeah. And so. then he complained that, hey, this game is going to be for the West. We need to have it on Saturday. We need that extra day of preparation, was Nick had always said. But, no, I, I, I think in it's, it floats a little bit. But, no, I college football's given up Thanksgiving Day completely to the NFL. And I say you can have both give folks an option so that, uh, look, I mean, I, I watch it. I watched every snap. Uh, of the Lions, but uh, it was hard, you know, between the trip to fan and overeating and watching the Lions. I see why a lot of people take naps on Thanksgiving. Who anyway, won, Who won the Cowboys game? Did they lose? Uh, Washington won it, and the thing about it is, I, I was going to say the Redskins. <laughs> Washington, it was for three quarters a pretty decent game, and then the Cowboys imploded. Washington had a big six, a quick score, and they just gashed them. It was it ended up being a complete colossal blowout for a quarter that was fairly competitive for three quarters in a game that you looked at and said, this, this obviously is important for the East, but Cowboys, more injuries on the offensive line, two significant ones. Cowboys are you know, limping. And you know, I, right now, and it's a week-to-week proposition, the, the Giants and the Redskins are playing the better ball in that division. <laughs> now and it's it's one of those look one win is a win streak in that in that division oh there's no doubt all right we're going to talk about some games and stuff in a minute but uh woodshed king has a question here he says chris how do you think the extended regular season combined with early signing period affects the timing of coaching hires this season specifically i'm curious about south carolina and southern miss well it yeah look it's it it it's not new, and I think the extended year just butts it up against, you know, the regular season. If you think about it, since we've gone to the early signing period, it's been bowl preparation and recruiting at the same time. I mean, it's been like trying to finish up a class. So it's really not any different. It's just that the regular season is is now, you know, going right up into the early signing period. It, it It's – to me, I don't like it. 
coaches seem to like it. And I know why they like it. They put recruiting mostly to bed before February. <clears throat> I think, again, for the college football calendar, and I know and boy, the NFL guy always comes out. I just think the NFL does it right. The season's over. Then you got a couple of weeks. Then you got free agency and draft preparation. I think college could do a better job scheduling with, I'd like to see the season. Then I'd like to see recruiting. Get this. I know this is not popular. Move back a couple of weeks to end of February, early March, so that you've got recruiting season where it's from a calendar standpoint. Recruiting goes on all year round, but where you can feature recruiting a little bit more. Now it comes and it goes, and people don't know. They read about it a little bit. I cover at LandryFootball.com in detail, but it just intermingles, and it is difficult for coaching hires. And in essence, quite frankly, if you can't hold it together, it the, the, the effect is maybe it allows you to keep a couple of people on the staff that maybe you wouldn't have, and you may be, you know, decided in another year. It it intermingles everything, and I think it's a kind of a cluster, quite frankly, when you've got to do coaching hires. But you can't sacrifice a coaching hire to get in the early recruit. You've got to get the hire right. So if you've got to sacrifice the year, you better understand it on the back end, fans, that it, you you may have an awful signing class or, you know, really, really bad one that first year. Well, that's what it does. And this year, like at South Carolina, let's just say they're hiring Shane Beamer. They're not probably getting him in until after the – in fact, they're not. They're not getting him in until after the early period has, has come and gone. So it's, it's – <clears throat> the only kids that are going to stay are the ones that were going to sign with South Carolina if Chris Landry were the coach, if Neil McCready were the coach. So you're, you're going to lose those kids. It sets your program back a full year. It, it makes you have to really think hard about these changes it's what's interesting chris not to get too far down this path although i don't care we can get down this path if we want people talk about what tennessee's going to do well tennessee's probably going to play a game well they're definitely going to play a game on the 12th i think they're playing a game on the 19th so if you're making a move at tennessee you're not making that move until after the early period's over and if you make it now you've got these kids that are signed, committed to Tennessee that are starting to ask questions. Hey, coach, what happens if I sign with you on Wednesday and you get fired on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Can I get out of it? And that's that's what's coming. It's just, it's about to become a really weird month, weirder than usual. And December is always a weird month in college football, but it's about to get goofy if if that happens. Because if I'm a kid and I'm committed to Tennessee, well, I don't really want to sign in this early period until I know that the coaches who've been recruiting me are still going to be there, and I don't know that I'm going to know that until the 21st-ish, which is too late because the period ends. It's 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 like Wednesday through Sunday or whatever you have to sign, and then it's, mm -hmm. it's dead again. Yeah, you can almost play it the other way is that, no, our guy's coming back, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to make a change after signing day, even though you say that you are not and your guy is coming back. So in some ways, you can kind of go through it. In fact, that's done an awful lot with assistance. You'll keep guys on the staff through recruiting because they've got to hold on a number of players in recruiting, but yet they you really want to make a change or they may want to be leaving for a better opportunity maybe become a coordinator in their position coach so it has an effect but that is something that's a really good topic that I, I know I get into every year and maybe we can the college football calendar is really messed up and I again I don't want to make it like the NFL but the college football calendar could be improved so much but it is um without proper leadership, this is what you get sometimes to where I think the coaching hires and the coaching searches are disruptive to recruiting. I think they're disruptive to bowl games and who's going to coach in it, who's not. That's why I think moving things back and having it back. Say, I don't have any problem with an early signing day. You want to have an early signing day, guys, have it in July of the previous year. You know what I mean? Kid wants to commit that early. Have them commit in July, 1st of August. That would be really interesting. That would be a really good 
Get that out the way if you really want to get it out. You don't want to do it early signing in December as opposed to February just doesn't do it for me. But it is very popular among the coaches. And I know it ends the majority of their work to where now they can only focus on look. We only got two scholarships left. We're going to focus on that because we've got the others already signed. I get that. From that standpoint, it's good. But from the sport of college football and its interest in the level, can you imagine? And again, I, I'm a believer that I think it would make the recruiting process. I think there should be a window when you can transfer. I, like, you know, I, I think it's like college football recruiting. And, you know, like the college draft is for the NFL, recruiting could be made that way. I, I think it could take college football to a different level from a popularity standpoint 12 months a year. But I'm whistling Dixie you in can- the graveyard. <laughs> Andrew uh, making his case for college football commissioner, college football president. No, no, no. I can't. I can't enough headaches. That'd be that'd be a headache, boy, right there. That that gig. Mm-mm. That gig would be not me. That would be a lot of work. Not uh, enough money. There's games in the SEC this week. There's, uh, I guess, six. Is that right? So everybody, the only, Arkansas's not playing. Tennessee's not playing. Everybody else is playing. Arkansas had COVID issues. Their game. Uh, which was scheduled for Missouri, has gotten moved till December. Uh, Vanderbilt's going to move in and play Missouri today, which means Vanderbilt – I mean, sat, Tuesday, Saturday, which means Vanderbilt and Tennessee won't play until uh, December, as we mentioned. It's, there was the path to do that. I'll get into this, Chris. I'll tell you what I, what I was told. Um, I think Auburn, Texas A&M next week is going to happen as scheduled. I think Alabama, LSU is going to happen next week. Assuming Alabama wins the uh, the Iron Bowl Saturday against Auburn, I think uh, Ole Miss and Texas A and M are going to play December the twelfth. Okay, two weeks. Yeah, all right. Uh, which means Texas A and M Tennessee will push back to the nineteenth. Means uh, Tennessee Vanderbilt will play on the twelfth. I think I've got this right. Yeah, I'm almost positive I do. Sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss LSU will play on the nineteenth. Alabama, Arkansas will play in Fayetteville on the twelfth. Um, that might have it. Yeah, I think you got them all. Uh, yeah, no, that would be uh, that would be good. Uh, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Yeah, that, that uh, you mentioned them. You mentioned them early. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, oh the other one, Mississippi State, Auburn would play on the twelfth. Okay, good. Well, and um. Yeah, this this weekend, Neil mentioned it. We mentioned it a couple of times last week that this is this weekend is really big because it it uh, and again, I'm not if it it's chaos and people win it. That's great. I don't care who wins. But if Alabama, Florida win, it will certainly make things easier in the league office. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't think they're rooting, but from a scheduling standpoint, and I do think they're like, we're going to get to the end, you know, by the grace of God. I do think a Florida win over Kentucky and an Alabama win over Auburn, um, you know, by certainly by Tuesday when we reconvene, but certainly by before that, we'll, we'll have the schedules for the next two weeks. And, and then, you know, let's just hold on. That's my concern is, is not that. It's that we can schedule it and let's make sure that the next two weeks go off because that's when that's when um, we're not going to hear postpone anymore, I'm guessing. Uh, we're, we're going to hear can't, you know, yeah. just cancel. Yeah. And so, uh, unless, unless I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing here. I mean, I guess there's no one stopping you from saying, okay, well, we'll play these games in January. I, I, I guess, I don't know. It, it, does, it doesn't sound like unless they change their mind and maybe they're just saying it because we're not going to go down that path until we have to, um, doesn't sound like the league has any interest in doing that going beyond the conference championship game. They don't. They they want to get it all done by the 19th. And that's one of the reasons I think, Chris, that you see them basically people have asked what's happened. Why are these games getting played now where teams are shorthanded and such? And it's well, we're running out of time. Yep. We built flexibility into the schedule. And um yeah, uh, Ben Summerford says Florida LSU on the 12th. Yes, Florida yep. LSU on the 12th. And then uh, LSU, Ole Miss, and Baton Rouge on the nineteenth. That would be so. LSU would would play Alabama on the fifth, Florida, Florida on the twelfth, and Ole Miss Ole on Miss the, on the nineteenth. 
That's uh, that for that that's, LSU secondary. Yes. And 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 A and M this weekend. So yeah. let's see A and M, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. Yeah. Mm. If, if your pass defense is not good, you'll know it by the end of those four weeks. That's for sure. By the way, is, uh, r- r- real quick. That is an real quick. I, I I don't know if you are aware, but I, I just a personal note. Want to send out my condolences to lost a good friend on Tuesday night. Um, for those of you that are from Baton Rouge or visited in Baton Rouge, many of you may have um, uh, visited Rafino's restaurant. Yeah, Ruffin Rodrigue, good friend, was a player um, for us at LSU. Passed away of a heart attack on Tuesday night. And um, anyway, just thinking of the LSU, been thinking about him all weekend and his family. It's a tough, tough time. We got a lot to be thankful for to lose him far too young at 53 years old. There was no sign of that coming, right? That was just sudden. Out of no, I, I certainly wasn't aware of it. I hadn't talked to him in, gosh, since maybe the summer or something. Um, yeah, I was just really, really shocked. Uh, he played um, in the era when I was a young coach, and it was he – uh, at uh, left guard, center Nacho Albergamo, who was an All American, and the right guard was Eric Andelsek, uh, who was a uh, obviously a great player. Tragically, uh, died in a and um, it was actually weed eating in his front yard in Thibodeau, and an eighteen wheeler rode and hit him. Yeah, um, that this was back in like nineteen ninety two, long time ago. Um, and both he went to the same high school. He was uh, a year, two years older than Ruffin, went to the same high school, Thibodeau High School. So anyway, just made me think of that. It's been on my mind. But yeah, um, a big LSU guy and obviously um, uh, will be missed. And I think I think the guys that do the traveling with the 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 the, uh, the uh, ESPN crew, the game day, I think they voted his restaurant the best one on the travels that they went, which is an awful lot. You know, they go to a lot of places, but anyway, uh, so, uh, not to bring us down on that. Yes. But it's, as we get into the, it's going to be quite, um, quite a, uh, an interesting few weeks. And as I said before, it's going to make December a lot more interesting, a lot more games that we, we, we'd be, it'd be ending this weekend. And then, you know, we'd have the conference championship game and now we got, some other games, which uh, you know, it, it's certainly going to set the tone into the off season. Yeah, for sure, it's going to get us right to Christmas, basically. I mean, so there's there's that. I, I like the I like the later start and the later finish. I'm in the minority. I think um, I, I think those early games are kind of. I think the camp camp and stuff is is so hot that sometimes it's it's counterproductive. And those early games, sometimes you're playing just it's it's broiling. Uh, you know, when you play the 11 a.m. game on oh, yeah. Labor Day weekend and it's 97 degrees with – that's rough to sit – Unhealthy. It's Yeah, as opposed to this weekend, you know, like here where it's going to be really nice. Next, A cold front coming through here next week. You get some cold weather games. Anyway, uh, all right, we'll get to the games in a second. I want to tell you first that we're brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They provide your business with the help desk, allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. Jupiter Security Systems offers businesses the full Microsoft 365 suite, email, spam protection, and they monitor your workstations and servers. Jupiter doesn't see your data, by the way, but they'll know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. Jupiter can set up remote monitoring on a computer regardless of the location. So don't spend money on getting your employees new laptops to work remotely. Instead, let Jupiter monitor their home computers and protect your data wherever you choose to work. Jupiter Security Systems offers cybersecurity and monitoring. It's ADT for your computer systems and data. It's very affordable, flat price, no hidden add-ons. For more information, you can call Eric at 601-519-9583. Or email info, I-N-F-O, at jupitersecurity.net. We're also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh, and they always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. 
They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and Blue Sky wants to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. They'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the southeast. All right, Chris, we got uh, we got games. Uh, hey, real, real quick, and let's get to the game. I apologize. And Jig's dad reminds me with everything that happened here locally. How about just the tragic situation with Marcus Paul? I saw that. What happened? Well, I, you know, they've been real quiet. I I, I think he had uh, a, a stroke or a heart attack. I mean, on and we had this happen when I was with the Oilers with an equipment manager. But, you know, Marcus is a great dude. Um, was brought to the hospital on Tuesday. And and all I'd heard, it was just, you know, very serious. And then obviously they announced that he passed on Wednesday and just way, way too young, just like Ruffin. Uh, but, you know, what the thing about it is with Marcus, really good shape. I mean, thin plate was where I remember him. He was a Syracuse guy and Jig Deggs is a big Syracuse fan. Boy, I remember him. What a big time player he was um, and had a really good career, was a very good strength coach. I mean, related well to guys. That that rocks you, and uh, that was, I'm sure, a big part of I know it just disrupted in the tour part the Cowboys' preparations to have that happen. Um, just, just awful. But that was shocking to hear. And no, it wasn't COVID-related or anything like that. And we're told it's just uh, one of those things. But just really shocking there because I, you just never know health-wise. These guys take – we all take – uh, physicals and uh, very healthy, very slim, very in shape guy. But anyway, yeah, that that was a tough week. So, anyway, not to bring everybody down, we gotta move on. Talk games. That's what we're here for. I know, but no, it's I saw that news. It was shocking because that's one of those guys that you just you know. Wasn't- oh, it's like I mean, it was just lining up, and I see him making tackles at Syracuse, like you know, seemed like two years ago, and I know it wasn't. Just time flies, man. Just unbelievable. All right, Vanderbilt is at Missouri. This is an 11 a.m. game. You can see it on the SEC network. The line's about 14 points or so. Vanderbilt, a 14-point underdog. Part of the story at Vanderbilt is they're going to uh, make some history. I can tell you inside that program, it this is this has uh, created some controversy. This has created a lot of angst, a lot of unhappy people. They think this is a propag- uh, a publicity stunt. On the part of Vanderbilt, they're going to have a female place kicker. She's a soccer player. Um, I'm told that with no rush at all, she's making about half of her PATs. Her kickoffs are going somewhere between the 20 and the 30. People are worried about her getting hurt. They just don't like this at all. Um, And then other people are being told, hey, shut up. You know, we're getting some positive attention here. Be quiet. So that's one of the storylines on this one. That's really the only storyline here, I, I think. Missouri positioning itself to um, maybe even get into a bowl game at, at this year. They, they haven't been in a while. They're, uh, I, I think um, Eliad Drinkwitz has done a good job this season. The only other story with Vanderbilt is what happens at the end of the season with Derek Mason. There seems to f- be a consensus that the end is, is probably near and that all parties involved uh, are accepting that. That's what I'm hearing. We'll see. I've heard that before, and then Derek Mason survives. But uh, that that's the the – that's the the storylines going into this one, Chris, with Vanderbilt and Missouri getting together. Yeah, it is on. Um, you know, they they I did hear that this is gonna would be the first. And people are wondering why is Vanderbilt doing that? Well, their kickers are in COVID protocol, so they they don't have any kickers left on the team. Um, so they tried out the soccer player. Now they said she would be the first one in the Power Five female kicker. So I, I'm guessing my members remember Kaylee Nida from Colorado or Gary Barnett. I guess she never kicked in the game. I remember that whole hullabaloo there where she was on Gary Barnett's team and practice. But I, I'm guessing if this is true, if she ends up kicking, she would be the first. I guess guess she never got in the game. I, I can't remember quite. I just remember her being a part of that. But be that as it may, that I think you're right. It's a lot of publicity there, and you wonder what it's going to do. 
to the game. I'll say this: Vanderbilt's played better, Neil. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, that's a lot of points to be given them. I think this game's pretty close, and I know they were like four and zero against the spread in their last four games as a road underdog. They they're playing better defensively. They're getting some good play, and I got to tell you, I. I know in Knoxville, they're kind of happy that they didn't have to play that game last week as down as Tennessee was and, you know, Vanderbilt playing better with confidence. That That's really, really ugly. But anyway, it is. So. We we switch over on LandryFootball.com. We had the game preview. I don't think I've ever done this. Yeah, we got the Vanderbilt Arkansas <laughs> preview or whatever. I can't remember. It's like, so we, we canceled that real quick and we got that preview up there. But I think it's a closer game than people might expect. Mm-hmm. I do too. I I picked Missouri to win, but I picked Vanderbilt to cover. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of see it the same way. Yeah, I mean, I watched. I hate to admit this out loud, but I watched some of Missouri South Carolina last week. <laughs> I did too, and that was um, that was not. I mean, okay, it just wasn't real impressive. I didn't think Missouri played as well. South Carolina was well. Everybody's left. Including Will, but but everybody's left. A bunch of players say, hey, Coach, hold on. We got, you got some room in the back seat. We're out of here, too. All right. Kentucky and Florida. This is a noon Eastern game, 11 a.m. Central. You can see it on ESPN. I don't, yeah, I do have lines. In, I don't have lines in front of me. I think the line here is about 24 points. I'm going mm-hmm. to pull up some lines uh while we're talking but i i think the line here is about 24 obviously it's a big game for uh big game for the gators as they continue to p- position themselves at an sec title shot against alabama which would be a play-in game for the the playoffs you and i both agree florida is not going to beat alabama but if they did well they'd be in the playoff they'd, they'd be in a national semifinal in on, on new year's day so a lot to play for for the gators the wildcats got absolutely shellacked whatever word you want to use and, and boy 63 to 3 against Alabama it was ugly so uh, I don't know what the Wildcats have left in the tank this week against the Gators but it's a game I think Florida wins fairly easily yeah and you know you think um okay let's see at least what they try to how they try to play defensively against Alabama and that didn't work so going into this game you're seeing a, a very explosive Florida offense so what are the chances of Kentucky? Well, they're twofold. Got to really control the football on offense. Now, here's the difference, maybe potentially, if you're Kentucky. You got to be better in the red zone. And they could not get anything done against Bama's defense in the red zone. Florida's defense has been struggling. So can Kentucky control the football? Be able to punch it in. That's going to be pivotal. And then I'm curious if there's a Game within the game, I'm curious to see how patient Kyle Trask is against this too deep look that they're going to play. Because that's, you know, that's what Kentucky tries to do. My guess is it might be a little bit better than it was against Alabama. Not a lot. I'm laying, and I had 23. So 23, 24 is like. It's five and a half right now. Yeah, I, I, if forced to pick it. I would have to lay the points, but that's a lot of points. I mean, I think it's 21, 24 ish, but maybe, you know, if I had to pick it, I would trust the Gators more. This doesn't look like a Kentucky team. They are not built to come from behind. So my concern is that what do they do? How do they play it when they're down 17? Cause they will be, how do they play this game? Well, I think that's when it becomes, a Katie bar the door, and that's when it, instead of being a 17-point win for Florida, it becomes a, you know, perhaps 28, 30-point win. All right, the, uh, the Iron Bowl this week, there's a lot to talk about there. Nick Saban apparently will not be on the sidelines, will not be at Bryant-Denny. He'll be at home isolating with uh, COVID. We certainly wish him a full recovery. All indications are that he just has mild symptoms and he will be fine, um, which seems to be the norm uh anyway nick saban won't be there steve sarkeesian will be the head coach talked to people around alabama they said hey saban and you know you worked with saban you know saban he prepares for everything so they have prepared for game day without nick saban they did it back in the preseason they had practices where they practiced without a coordinator here a coordinator there a coach here a coach there the coach would be there but the coach was silent the coach was not, he was observing only, no, no words. 
They apparently had some practices where Nick Saban, I can't even imagine this, where Nick Saban's presence was there, but his voice wasn't. They ran the program without him on a given day. So they'll they'll be prepared for this. The line here, Chris, is in the 20s. I'm pulling up the current line. I'm getting down to those games. It is, uh, let's see here. I got it. It's uh, 24 and a half. 24 and a half is what I have. Yeah, and it's, look, um, that's a lot of points. I still like their chances of getting it done. I don't know um, the status of how effective, how I know he's not healthy, but Tank Bixby, that's pivotal that they get the running game going. Um, you know, I think it's a, it, it's a problem that could escalate if they're not able to run the football. Um, I think being pass first, this is going to be difficult for them to certainly match points. I just don't like this Auburn team being able to pull off the type of upset that they've done in the past. I don't think this defense can do that. I just think this is a – I just can't see this any other way. I've tried to look at it from a, just a viewing standpoint, hoping that, hey, this might be a – hopefully it could be a good game. I just can't quite get myself there. I don't know how that is going to be a really close game. I think Alabama rolls here. I do too. I, I just – I, I I agree completely. I think Alabama rolls. I, I, I just don't think this is a good matchup at all for Auburn. Um, Alabama's proven they can score against anyone. Their defense has gotten better. I know there's the emotion of these games, but these games are going to be weird. You know, this game, and I've covered it a lot. I bet I've covered, I don't know, 10, 11 Iron Bowls, and it's always packed, and it's always loud, and it's always emotional. And it won't- Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. I mean, all, all of them are, but you're right. These games are the ones that really feel weird. Yeah, this one's going to be really, really. You know, like when you watch Vanderbilt, Missouri, and it's only half full, <laughs> it's kind of quiet. It's you're always right? half full at Vanderbilt anyway, yeah. Or, yeah, but when when you watch the Iron Bowl or you watch the Egg Bowl and it's mostly empty stands, that's that's an odd that's an odd deal. Obviously, a big opportunity for Alabama. They are in control of their own destiny, and they can clinch <clears throat> a spot in the SEC championship game with the win over Auburn. That game at 2.30, you can see it on CBS. 30 minutes later, a game kicks off here in Oxford. It's the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. The line on this one, Chris, is across the board. Ole Miss minus 9.5. This game kicks off, like I said, at 3 on the SEC Network. Uh, give me your give me your breakdown of uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You know, I've not been impressed at all with Mississippi State this year. Uh, last week was a little better um, against Georgia. They played pretty well. Um, maybe has found a little something offensively that they can hang their hat on a little bit. But they're only, you know, you look at the overall average offensive output. I mean, they they almost, uh, what, about seven points more. They scored about seven points more last week than what their average has been. So maybe, maybe they can – um, maybe they found something to be competitive and score some points here. We know Ole Miss's defense has not been good. It's very capable of being scored on. I think the thing you have to do is you have to play a lot of zone against this team. That's what Georgia did, and you give up yards. Don't worry about yards. you just got to play good red zone defense. You've got to tackle well and force some tight throws in the red zone, and, and that's the key to defensing Mississippi State. Um this Mississippi State defense has more talent than um, than people probably will know, but I I just don't know that they're going to match up that well. This game, for you know this, and a lot of folks that have listened to us that are SEC fans knows that this game's big. This is this game's really important for coaches. That's the one thing about college, but you you better be able to win these games. You know, it just uh, they start to say, hey, you're one and oh, you're oh and one, whatever it is, you're two and oh, you're one and one. These games start to, re- I mean, it's why Gus Malzahn still has a job at Auburn. Yeah. Did you see Bruce Feldman's story yesterday? No. Last year's Egg Bowl is really good. It was a story in the athletic. He went back and traced just how many people changed jobs, the butterfly effect, the ripple effect of, of last year's Egg Bowl. About 300 coaches change jobs and and look some of those would have changed anyway but 300 jobs changed as a direct result you know butterfly effect 
based on what happened at the end of that game in Starkville last year? That uh, was one of the unbelievable situations because I firmly believe they deny it to the end, but I firmly believe that the leech hire, which I did not think and do not think that's a great, a good move. I don't even, I'm just saying not even a good move for Mississippi State. Um, I think that was publicity, you know, based, meaning we need to do something to match because, you know, I mean, it, it's, I, I think there was a lot of pressure to say we've got to do something from a publicity standpoint to make this uh, to counteract what's going on the other side of the state. And, um, and I think that um, – but this makes interesting, you know, not that they're going to sit there and go at one another, but Lane and Mike, there's a lot of pride on their offensive acumen and who can have their better offensive output this week and beyond – I think Ole Miss should be able to score a lot of points in this game. I think they can get Mississippi State's defense misaligned. I think they can get them chasing. I think they can get them on misdirections. I think Ole Miss wins. I think they win big. Um, I mean, I think they win, you know, 13-17. I think it's in that range personally. But rivalry games are always difficult. Certainly wouldn't shock me if Mississippi State plays their best game of the year, which off last week that would be saying something. I just think that you're going to get both teams best for the reason that we mentioned. I I just look at what is the strength, the strength in this game. Ole Miss's offense is pretty good. They can line up, play with just about anybody. Mississippi State's offense has not shown me any consistency. And while their defense is the strength of their team, I would not call it a strong defense. So uh, there you have it. That's how I see it. And you say, what say you, Neil? Um, I think Ole Miss wins. Um, I'm a little a little reluctant with the line. I, on, on my pick, I picked Ole Miss to cover. Uh and I, I think I agree with you. I think if you told me that one team won big, I would I would certainly bet on Ole Miss just because they've been able to score on everyone except Arkansas. Um, I worry about Ole Miss's defense just kind of against anybody, though. Yeah, they they have tackled okay, and you know the the teams that have punished them have been teams that run the football. If you can run it, boy, you can really punish Ole Miss, and just about everybody has. Well, State doesn't run it. State uses the passing game as a running game, and Ole Miss has tackled better in space lately. So I kind of think it's high scoring and that Ole Miss kind of gets away, and I think you're right if, if you made me bet. I don't really factor in the rivalry part of this and all that stuff because my experience, and I know, I know what everybody says, you can throw out the record books and all of that stuff. And yes, you do get more upsets in rivalry games than you do regular games, but typically the best team wins. And I think this year Ole Miss is better than Mississippi State. I think it's a big spot for uh, for Lane Kiffin. He's got some momentum. Uh, they they play A&M and LSU in the, in the final two games. Those are uh, going to be two difficult assignments, obviously. This is a spot for him to get a fourth win, to put himself in position to go five and five potentially to get into a bowl, to have some momentum and all of that stuff. And, you know, Mississippi State, if if if, to, if they're a pirate ship right now, it's one that's taking on some water. And if you're Lane Kiffin, you don't want to bail them out. You, you don't want to help them plug the hole. You'd like to put another hole in the in the bow. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's where this is going. Um, I'll tell you this real quick, a side, side note for people who don't follow it because they follow other teams. If Ole Miss wins – Pay attention to how big of a deal they make this. I have a feeling that there's going to be a fairly ho hum approach to it, if mm-hmm. which I think is smart. Um, we've talked about this before, Chris, about uh, perception. You know, whether it's reality or not, we'll find out in time. Lane Kiffin intends to win big at Ole Miss. Can he? I don't know. We'll see. But if you're going to win big at Ole Miss, beating Mississippi State can't be the penultimate moment of your season. It just can't. It's got to become 
uh, you know, it's got to just become, hey, this is a game we play. It's a big game. It's a rivalry game. It means something, but this is a game that we win and you move on. It's got to kind of become sort of like Oklahoma State has for OU. Yeah, it's a big game and you play it and it has a nickname and all that stuff. But it can't it can't mean so much. And boy, with Matt Luke, and and I have the ultimate respect for Matt as a as a person. I think he's a really good coach. I just think the 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 deck was stacked against him here. But he made this game the end all be all all year. It meant something to him. And and I think when you're out at when you're at Ole Miss and you're recruiting regionally and you're trying to get to a place where you can recruit nationally, whether you can get there or not, I don't know. But when you're trying to get there, this this game can't be the biggest deal in the world because that kid that comes over from Georgia, Mississippi State's not going to be the biggest game on his schedule. Right. And well, and Matt, that's the difference between Matt being a player at Ole Miss. That game means more to him, a Mississippi yep. boy. Whereas Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, I mean, they're, they're told how important it is. But you're right. That game doesn't mean as much to them in terms of here's, – here's why it means a lot. Here's why winning that game means a lot. Because if you don't win it, you lose it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. and the, the loss is really bad. It's not a game you want to win. It's a game you don't want to lose. Because if you lose that, then it's like, you kidding me? You can't even beat fill in the blank. You can't beat the other team, you know, because yeah. both I think it's both sides that way. Now, I do think Dan Mullen is a guy from New Hampshire that made that a pretty big deal. I mean, he was he's an example of a guy that wasn't from that area. He but played Ole Miss like a fiddle, man. He he did. He played Ole Miss like a fiddle, and every time he would set a trap, they fell into it. Every single time. He did it, and they bit. <laughs> I mean, he would set this trap for Hugh Freeze, and Hugh Freeze would just leap into it. And it was like, man, you guys, and you're giving them what they want. They want that to be a really big game for you, too, and, and Ole Miss has to get away from it. All right, we're kind of mm-hmm. up against it a little. Speaking, yep. of, speaking of two teams that do not like one another, Everybody talks about Alabama-Auburn. I covered Alabama-Auburn, as I said, I think 11 times. I never saw anything resembling a fight between Alabama and Auburn. It is the most respectful, uh, mutual respect, mutual fear rivalry I've been around. Uh, Alabama knows, hey, Auburn's never going to be crappy. Auburn, deep down, even when they were winning six in a row, were like, there, one day they're going to come back. I mean, it's just a matter of time. And those rivalries were pretty classy. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, not so much. Uh, Texas A&M, LSU, quite frankly, it's gotten a little chippy the last few years. And there's a lot of crossover uh, with um, the two programs and and all of that stuff. And they get together Saturday night at uh, 6 on ESPN. LSU is a, uh, I had it here in front of me, LSU is a 15-point underdog in College Station. What do you say? What a change in in uh, of the past couple of years. Two years ago, it was that twelve overtime or thirteen, or I think it was twelve. What an unbelievable, you know, seventy seven. Everybody's done. and then you had the situation where it's a little bit of a backdrop. LSU chased Jimbo Fisher a couple of times for the job, and you you they didn't, and then they. Then they ran after Tom Herman, and then they settled for Ed Orgeron. That's how it played out, folks. Uh, and, of course, Scott Woodard, athletic director at AM, who was with Jimbo Fisher when Scott Woodard worked for Mark Emmert at LSU and Jimbo Fisher worked for Nick Saban, went out and courted. And Jimbo Fisher, basically the last half of his last year at Florida State, was already putting his staff together at AM. He was already headed towards College Station the famous throwing his Christmas tree out the day after Christmas was interesting, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you have that sideline to it, but then you had that 12 overtime game and it had the officials calls and A&M or LSU is quite a bit better, more talented, but they lost that game. And then you had the fight after the game. And then you had Damian Craig um, punching Steve Craigthorpe, who, assistant at LSU was the staff assistant, uh, analyst. Yeah. St- uh, you know, um, Steve had a pacemaker and literally had to go have to pr- get a procedure to get the 
the pay and I got heart conditions. I don't have a pacemaker to get that thing kind of that got real serious and it got real ugly. Last year it was kind of the beatdown because just LSU was so much better and they were rolling over everybody at this time. And Joe Burrow was killing people. Now it's AM <laughs> who's got the good season. They've got the and you know the beat that the only thing, the only variable in this game is. I hadn't seen AM play in a while. I don't know, you know, but you know what, Neil? Most people who've had laid off for the with rare exception, it hadn't affected them. It hadn't affected their sharpness. I just think AM beats down LSU. I think they'll be able to make some big plays in the passing game. No one's given up more big plays than LSU in the secondary. Um, I just think that AM has got a whole lot to play for. I I, I tell you, LSU. They don't seem to be in it. Some of their guys that are very talented that are still there that are draft eligible, you know, they're they're kind of their their goals are gone. They're kind of one foot out the door. Um, there's there's not there's off the field stuff. I just don't even against Arkansas. I thought Arkansas maximized what they had better than LSU. Look, maybe this game stokes the fires with LSU. Maybe they play with a ton of fight. If they do, if they have a lot of talent and they can play with them. But I, I just get the feeling that a and going to win and going to win big. Folks, I don't know that other than Vanderbilt, Missouri, I don't see a game being fairly close. I, I think we're going to have a lot of blowouts. I think this is one of them. I'll tell I agree with you. I think A&M wins, and I think A&M wins big. Um and if I'm LSU, I'm a little concerned because if you look at what's coming, Alabama comes in and they're going to want to absolutely pop LSU. There, there's not there mm-hmm. be no mercy. Uh, I've got that on pretty good authority. Florida hates LSU too. Florida hates LSU, and it's a bad matchup because the Gators can score uh, at will, and Kyle Trask might be playing for the Heisman that day. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, and then you get Ole Miss on the on the 19th. You know they love to – if they can beat LSU, they, they would love to do it. They'll still be engaged, I think. And I don't know that I don't know that LSU will be. And so there, there's, there's a real chance that, that the Tigers – now watch them go 3-1 and one down the stretch. But I think there's a chance that LSU goes 0-4 down the stretch. And the, uh, the conversation in Baton Rouge going into next season is not going to be one that Ed Orgeron is going to like very much. Well, and it's going to be about, you know, what changes they need to make this offseason when they're in a down um, economic times and having to pay off coaches. But if this goes like I think it's going to go, I mean, it's going to be this is going to be a very, very apathetic offseason in uh, in Baton Rouge, probably like it's going to be in Knoxville and a couple other places in the league. All right, the last game, Georgia is at South Carolina, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. This game on the SEC Network. I'll find the uh, the latest betting line is 21, 21 and a half or something. Yeah, yeah, Georgia laying 21 and a half in Columbia. That's a lot of points. But, man, as we talked about a minute ago, we talked about checked out. The Gamecocks pretty checked out. They, they gave – they kind of had their Waterloo in Oxford against Ole Miss, and since then it's been eh, – we'll see you. Everybody's out. People are moving on. J.C. Horn moved on. They fired Will Muschamp. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Shane Beamer there. Well, Shane Beamer won't be on the sidelines this Saturday. So I like Georgia here, Chris. I don't know that I like them 21 and a half points like them, but I like Georgia, and I think J.T. Daniels is probably poised to have a pretty good night here. You know, this is a game when you see Georgia 21 points and say, wait a minute, Georgia, Georgia sometimes doesn't even score 21. They usually kind of beat you. 24 to 10, you know, that's just how that, that's their blowout. That's how they handle it. I think this will be different. Uh, I'm curious to see, and this is why I'd probably stay away from it. Um, if you're looking at, uh, you know, wagering with your friends, this is entertainment only. Of course. Only. Of course. Uh, but I'm curious to see what they do with JT Daniels, meaning, you know, I think they may do a little bit more, may be more aggressive. I think they want to run the football a little more. So this might not be quite as high scoring, but, I don't know that they will be able to help themselves against the South Carolina defense that completely has checked out. And uh, I think there's some problems there. So I do think that this is going to be a decisive win by Georgia. 
and um, probably will be 21, 24 points. I, I, I tend to think that it's going to be close to that. But I, this is the one in which Georgia doesn't normally try to light it out, and I could see them trying to get back to the run game. But I think they'll let JT Daniels sprout his route, so there's a much better chance of having it a 30-point win, let's say, than, than at any point during the season when we don't normally see that. Gamecocks are going to go with Luke Doty, a quarterback. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, big big spot for him. I'm sure he uh, probably his his nerves are a little a little kicking a little bit right now going into this weekend. Big yeah. big shot for him. It's you know when with these transition programs, you don't know what you're going to get, and they are in full transition. Yeah, and listen, last week defensively, Georgia played a lot of soft zone against Mississippi State. So I know they gave up some points too. That's the only stat that matters. But I think they're going to go back and be a little bit more aggressive, and I think they're going to bring pressure, and I think they'll play a lot more man, and I think their defense will perform better because they're going to play a different scheme, which you don't want to play that man scheme against uh, Mississippi State, and they did. All right, well, that does it for the SEC slate. There's some other games out there. We'll talk about uh, all of those. We'll catch you up on NFL and all of those things on Tuesday. When we get back together, we'll review what I think Chris and I both expect to be a slate of of, uh, lopsided games this weekend, and we'll get you ready for the games of uh, December 5th. We'll find out who's playing who uh, at some point late Saturday, early Sunday, into Monday, and uh, by the time Tuesday rolls around, we'll have a schedule, and uh, we'll we'll have – We'll, have, we'll know what we're talking about. Uh, Spartan, the last thing, Chris, he says is Helensky, the quarterback at, at South Carolina, looking to uh, – You know, I think everyone that loses their job is always looking. I haven't heard anything definitive on that. I think that you're going to have a lot of that. And, of course, my experience is it's not all – grass is not always green. But there, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, it's going to be tons of guys that jump into portals. Every year now yeah. until they get a better handle on – coordinate how this is done my biggest concern as we go out the door is that you know and everybody says oh players should be able to allow to go anytime they want here's the problem it's not good for the players because you've got more players transferring than there are scholarships available yeah and so when you look at the transfer portal look at the kids that leave thinking it's going to be better and they can't find uh, well jobs they can't find scholarships yeah that's the problem that's what people don't know that that don't worry, you know, people that on the outside just say, oh, yeah, on theory, it looks good that they can transfer. I think a kid always ought to be able to transfer if there's legitimate reasons. But the old, I'm not starting, I'm leaving, and then you really, I'm not starting, I'm departing. Well, it, it, it they end up ruining their careers because they have no landing spot, not even at lower levels. You know, I have 85 scholarships, you know. <laughs> And people say, you know, they're going to transfer to Division Two. There are no scholarships there. Well, and here's the you other know. thing, Chris, in a pandemic, in the aftermath of a pandemic, you're going to see a lot of the group of five and low yes. school, they're not going to use their full complement of That's stuff. correct. They're not going to be able to afford to use their full complement. Right. They're not going to have the money to do it. The, the athletic department pays for those scholarships from the university, and they don't have it. They're going to These are the things that people don't get. And the players don't get, and they get bad advice, and they get frustrated, and they regret it. 80% of the time when I had a kid as a coach transfer, they always said, Coach, I made a mistake. That's what I worry about, and I see it time and time again. Anyway. Yeah, the Ball States, I don't know why I'm picking on Ball State here. The Ball States, the Central Michigans, the the Utah States of the world, Um. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's going to be a couple of years before all of those programs are back to their full complement of scholarships. They're going to have to cut cost, and well, and that's a painful place to do it. But when you have to cut the budget, you have to cut the budget. It's what people don't understand about budget cutting: is it's real. It's not play money. You know, the the CFOs in these in these athletics programs and the ADs when they sit down together, the conversations are p- probably not always very fun. But it's, hey, we don't have the money to do this, and where do we slash it? And this is coming. In a- and, and, and the optics of, well, we can cut swimming. Well, the optics of that's really bad, you know. And so while sometimes that's a good business decision to cut a sport that doesn't, that doesn't make it, Title IX and all that, there's a lot of things. This is not 
a true business in a sense yeah. in that you just don't normally make the cut that you need to make that from a pure business standpoint, you have to worry about it. So anyway, no, I think it's a great point. All right. Enjoy the games folks. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your, uh, your holiday shopping as we, uh, as black Friday is upon us. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll be back with you on Tuesday for another edition of sec football and beyond for Chris Landry. I'm Neil McCready. Talk to you on Tuesday. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.